Welcome to the By the Hood podcast. Before we jump into this episode, just wanted to make you aware that on our website, bythehood.com, we have a free webinar on an intro to the stock market. So please go check it out. Just go to bythehood.com and you'll get the free intro to the stock market webinar. Take it easy and enjoy this episode. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the Buy the Hood podcast or webcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy. And as we start off every show, that's with gratitude. I just want to say thank you to all of the students from Buy the Hood University, to anybody who supports anything that we got going on, and a special shout out to all the youth from our Buy the Hood ownership camp, which recently ended. It was crazy, phenomenal, successful camp, and we will continue to do that work. Shout out to all the people that have given us the opportunity to come speak and, you know, pour into the youth around the city because um, we back out in the streets doing that work as, as, as long as we're able to be out in the streets doing that work. But I'm joined by my partner in crime. Core, Core, what's up, bro? Yo, what's going on? How's everybody doing? You know, every day above the ground is a good day. Never going to complain about living. That's right. That's right, man. Listen, and as you know, our show is designed to highlight brothers and sisters who are doing positive work, building businesses, pouring into our community. Um, and this brother we got on here, first and foremost, I want to send a shout out to our brother, Coach Carter, because he says something and I agree with him. This might be the first brother I ever talked to from Arkansas. Right. But he's down there doing amazing work, building tremendous businesses. And another thing I like about this brother is he's teaching along the way. So he's bringing people with him, which is very important. But we're joined by Henry Washington. What's up, good brother? Hey, what's good? What's good? Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate this. I've been a, I'm a fan of y'all. I love what you do. So, man, this is I'm, I'm I'm pumped. Oh man, appreciate you for saying that, man. Listen, um, this is about you. We want to highlight you. We're going to talk about some of the work that you currently got going on in a real estate game because you're you're putting in phenomenal work in real estate, but also coaching. But let's talk about your background. So, where are you originally from? Born and raised? I was born and raised in Bakersfield, California, man. So I. Uh, grew up out there. My father was a teacher, a high school art teacher. My mother was uh, the director of the waste management department out there in Kern County, where I'm from. So both college educated um, parents and they did well for themselves. So I grew up middle class. Um, I would say that uh, my entrepreneurial spirit came from my father. Uh, my parents always taught or, or, or instilled in us the value of education. And so it was always like, you're going to go to school, you're going to go to school, you're going to go to school. So like I knew I was going to go to college and that's what they wanted me to do. But my father also always had a hustle. Like he, he owned a barbecue restaurant for 10 years when I was growing up. He owned an arcade. He owned vending machines. Like he always had a little extra something. You know, from his perspective, he was doing it just to help make the ends meet. It was never like trying to build this empire. Um, and so like we never talked about entrepreneurship. Like my dad never talked to me about you know, owning my own business and being my own boss. He always talks to me about going to school, um, but still watching him do it and be successful with it, like it plants a seed. And so as I got older and as I got to a point where I was thinking about starting my own business via real estate, like I never thought I couldn't do it. Like I didn't know you couldn't do it. I just, I saw my pops <laughs> had businesses. So I was like, yes, I'll just do that. Right. I never had that fear that a lot of people have because of that background. Oh, that's dope. So, so he, you know, was always talk to you about college, right? So did you end up going to college? Yeah, man, I did. I went to Hampton University and got my degree in computer information systems. Oh, man. HBCU. Nice. That's right. Okay. That's right. Yeah, man. My, my pops and my mom, that's where they met. And so I was legacy. So I went, I went there and uh, computer information systems degree. I knew I wanted to do something that A, I enjoyed and B, was going to actually make me some money when I graduated. And so got my degree. I went to work in the corporate world right away. 
Um, I worked for the government for a while, and then I went and I worked for I worked for Walmart for about eleven years doing software development and technology. That's how I got to Arkansas. Is I came here to work for Walmart because uh, that's where they're headquartered out here. And uh, so you worked in the corporate the corporate setting for Walmart, in IT. You said right? Correct, correct. Yes. Sir. How was that? How was that working at Walmart corporate? It was it was good, man. It was a lot. There was I had a bunch of cool opportunities, man. They flew me to Brazil. I did some work out there for a little bit. Uh, I, Walmart is involved in so much more than people think they are, and so like the exposure to like a huge corporation and like kind of how they operate and do business was like was super helpful and enlightening. Matter of fact, the department I spent most of my time in my career in was Walmart's real estate department. Like, and so like getting to see like corporate commercial real estate uh, from the inside out was pretty cool. So, uh, I mean, I learned a ton, man. I learned a ton. That's, that's a couple interesting things for that, right? For one, Walmart has a real estate department, right? So when we think of Walmart, we all think of one thing, but right. um, you said Walmart's involved in a lot of, a lot of things. Um, yeah, but also, and I was going to ask you, you kind of answered a little bit, but how, how did working for an organization like that help you now as you try to build your business and scale your business? How did it help you? Uh, a, a few things, right? And so I, I spent a lot of my time in data analytics. And if, if there's one thing about real estate as an investor or just investments in general, it's about the research and the numbers, right? And understanding that it's not a personal decision. It's about the numbers. And so being able to see how Walmart evaluates deals and properties, like I was in inside of deal committee meetings where they were looking at the numbers of different deals and demographics and areas and trying to understand why they should or shouldn't open a store. Like that's, that's what people do in real estate, right? You look at the demographics of an area, you look at the job growth, you look at what stores and things are there to determine if that's a place you should buy. Like the, all that information has been helpful for me, both like evaluating where I want to invest and evaluating uh, the numbers, like what I'm going to buy it for and what I'm going to try to disposition or dispose of the property for. Yeah, I just wrote that down. You just dropped the bar there. You said it's not a personal decision. It's about the numbers. Yeah, right. that's it. That's a bar. That's it right there, right, yeah. Corey? That's, yeah. that's it. All right, so so now in your journey, right, so you're working at Walmart Corporate. You're getting a lot of great opportunities. How do you then make that transition? Because a lot of people with that opportunity, you're getting flown to different countries and you're seeing a, a huge business. They wouldn't they wouldn't even want to make the transition. They will feel comfortable and just try to, like, you know, um, make their money right there. Yeah, was, man, it, it was wasn't comfortable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it wasn't comfortable, man. They, they put the golden handcuffs on you, right? And so they... They pay you a good salary. They give you a good bonus. They, they, they teach you all kinds of cool stuff. Um, for me, what led to the decision, I had a few I had a few eye opening moments, I would say, along my journey, some in the corporate world, some in, in my home life. Right. The one of the eye opening moments in the corporate world was um, it's a large company. Right. And so they're always looking to trim the fat, whether that be through the stores or whether that be through the employees at the home office. Right. And so every year or two there was always whispers of like somebody's getting laid off or some departments getting restructured or some departments getting eliminated right and so like you know you hear the, the whispers all the time and so one day i came to work and there was just an email that went out that said everybody on this email report to this conference room at this time right and usually that's the either you're staying or you're going right and yeah. uh and so like the whole dang department had got one of these emails and so we're like, we go to this meeting room and it's, it's in this big conference room. And then we're just standing in this hallway waiting to enter the room. There was another group of people who had the meeting before us that were already in the room. And so we're in this hallway and I'm literally sitting here like, thank 
guy standing in here like cattle about to tell us if we get to keep it or not, if we get to make money or not. I don't know if the people in that room are getting told they got to leave or they got to stay. And I just remember thinking, my entire financial future is dependent upon what these people are about to tell me. And they got me standing in this hallway like cattle. I was like, I just, I was like, I got to do something. Never again do I want to, do I want to feel like they are somebody else is in charge of whether my family gets to eat or not. So mm. That was like eye-opening moment. Number one, number two uh, was after I got married. My wife and I went to buy a house together, and um, the 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 loan officer was basically saying, "Hey, we're happy to loan on this house for your wife, but you can't be on the loan. You've got terrible credit. You're gonna you, the, the interest you would have to pay is gonna price you out of the deal." They were like, "Y'all can buy the house, but we got to take you off." And right, like as a man, as a provider, like not even like being able to to be a part of the very first property we buy as a family, like that was a blow. Like that was those two things helped me realize that like I need to make a change both in like how I think about money and I need to make a change in how I acquire money so that I can take care of myself and family better. Because right now it wasn't up to me. And I, I just didn't like that feeling. Well, yeah, so it sounds like um the lack of control, the lack right. of control, you, yeah, it made you want to make that change. That's interesting. That's that's yeah. crazy testimonial. That's an amazing story. Like I can imagine, like the feeling of being in that hallway and oh, just man. not knowing. And in the way you put it too, you said not just keep your job. Like how I'm gonna feed my family. Like right. That's that's crazy, man. Interesting, man. So what was the first step though? What was the first step to uh, that you took to kind of like you know make the change? Yeah, man. So kind of what led to it was the the final straw was my wife and I, you know, we were having conversations about what our future looks like. You know, we're living in this house now at this point that I couldn't be on the mortgage. And now we're, we're in the, we're in the bed in the middle of the night having conversations about what our future looks like. What's like, how many kids are we going to have? What's our dream home going to look like? You know, school districts, right? All the things that you talk about when you have a new relationship. And I'm just sitting here thinking like dream home. Like I, I, couldn't even help us get in this one. I don't, like, <laughs> I don't get a dream home. Like, and the pressure I felt from that, like, cause that was, a, that, like I knew at that point, like I can't afford to give her any of the life that she wants. Like what, like what, what have I done? You know, my, my whole single, when I was single, I, I was working for Walmart too. And I made good money. Like my salary was straight. Like I'm not trying to say I was, I, I, I didn't have a good job. I was just wasn't financially smart. And so, like, every dollar I made, I spent. And all that's well and good when you're on your own. But when you get married, it's not just you no more. And, like, I was just feeling the pressure of, like, now somebody else has to live with the consequences of my actions before we got married. Like, that's not fair. So I had a panic attack after that conversation at 3 in the morning. Like, no joke. You know, panic attack. And I just jumped out of bed or I sat up in bed and I was like, I got to figure something out. So I just started Googling, like, what are some good side hustles? How do I make extra money? And I started seeing articles about passive income. And I was like, dope, what's passive income? How do I get passive income? And I started seeing articles about real estate. And that's when like, I was like, oh snap, real estate's super cool. And then I saw this TED talk and it was this kid, he was 20 something years old. The TED talk was called, how to design your dream life through passive income. And I was like, word, that's what I'm looking for, right? And so I watched the video and it's this kid, 20 something doors, he's financially free. And the whole talk was just him saying like, look, there's multiple paths to financial freedom. I used real estate. I've got 20 some odd doors 
And now I get to choose how I want to spend my time. And I was like, that doesn't seem like that much. Like that was my first exposure to like a normal person owning real estate. Up until then, I just thought rich people own real estate. Like, mm-hmm. I And I was like, just regular people do this? I was like, oh, word, I'm going to figure this out. I'm about to be a real estate investor. Like, that's how my mind worked. And like I said, my father laid that foundation by having all these businesses. So when it was time for me to make a decision that I was going to do something, like my brain didn't go, well, let me see if I can. Now my brain was like, word, I'm going to do that. And that was it. And that yeah, was I decided it's, it's, in that moment. There's so many lessons in your story, right? Just, just the lesson of I was making good money, but I didn't, I didn't understand finances, right? There's probably a lot of people out there who are listening or watching this who are the same way, right? Because just because you make a good income doesn't mean anything. If you don't right. know what you're doing, it's not about how much money you make; it's about how much you keep, as we say every show. But I mean, you're 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 a testimony. You have a testimonial about that, right? Your story right. is powerful. Um, and then you literally just went to Google and it changed your life. Like you, you found videos <laughs> that, that, that you want to hold Google this way out of of, of yeah. obscurity. Just he literally yeah. Googled himself <laughs> out of obscurity. You Googled your way into wealth, bro. That's amazing. <laughs> All right, so, facts, so yeah, so now you want to get into real estate. What was your first thing? Was it education, or did you just jump like head first and try to make a deal? So, uh, <clears throat> in that moment, I didn't realize the power of what I did. Right, so in that moment, I decided I was going to be a successful real estate investor. Right, I didn't say I'm going to try to be a real estate investor. I didn't say I'm going to go see how it goes. I decided at three in the morning. I was like, "Word, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be good at that." Right. And at that moment, I didn't realize how powerful that was. But like when you make a decision, right, it changes your mindset. Like you start to when when crap gets hard now, I already told myself I'm going to be good at this. So my brain starts figuring out ways to navigate obstacles. Right. And I think too many people say, oh, I'm going to give that a shot or I'm going to try it. Right. And when you do that, you're not telling your brain you're going to figure it out. You're telling your brain you're going to stop as soon as it gets hard. Right. Mm. And. So step one was I made that decision. Step two was I started immersing myself in real estate information and culture, right? Like books, podcasts, like if I was had a spare moment, it was real estate content in my head. No matter how I could get it, I was getting it in my head. And then I surrounded myself with other investors in my local market. Because if you're going to do something, you got to be around the people that are doing it, yeah. right? Like you just got to immerse yourself in everything that is that thing right who do pro who do pro ball players hang out with they hang out with pro ball players right because that's mm-hmm. where opportunities come from they learn more about how to train and take care of their bodies they learn all the tips and tricks of the trade by hanging out with like-minded individuals and so i just immediately was like i got to get around other investors and so any real estate investment meetup group it didn't matter i was there i was in the room both to learn and i wanted people to see me as an investor and the next thing i did was i just started telling people i was an investor i didn't know how i was going to be an investor i only had a thousand dollars in my savings account i still have bad credit but i told people i'm a real estate investor if somebody asked me what i did i introduced myself i'm henry i invest in real estate and i work for walmart in the in the, in the real estate department right those those are the things i would say to people because if i didn't believe i was going to be successful who, who the heck else was supposed to believe me mm. uh, and so that helped me get my first deal because somebody, one of my one of my buddies heard I, I was buying property and he had to sell a house super quick. Um, and he knew he had to sell it under market value. So he was like, oh, Henry's buying houses. Let me call him real quick. And, and I ended up buying that. That was my first deal. 
Yeah, man. You know, it's it's a, you drop so many gems, bro. But yeah. one thing I want to say about like real estate investing that that's kind of like how I even get deals to this day is just from like word of mouth. Yeah, and I tell most new investors the same thing: you got to start introducing yourself as a real estate investor, right? right? You know, back back in the day when we used to do business cards, no one does business cards no more. But I used to tell people to get a business card that says real estate investor. They said, well, I don't own any houses. It doesn't matter. You have to carry yourself like a real estate. Because what will happen is deals will come to you. Right. right. And you walk that. You walk that. So that, that that's that's amazing, man. So um, you scaled your business up like uh, right now. How many doors do you currently have? Um, 65 plus. OK, so over 65. OK, yeah. So you scaled it up. Um and along that journey, right, of starting to where you were, you having that conversation and saying, I want to be a real estate investor. So now you're successful. You've you've created a whole new life for yourself. Um, what was the biggest hurdle or something that you had to overcome going through that journey? Man, the biggest hurdle. Um, yeah, man. So um, I think there's both. So there's two, a couple different kinds of hurdles, right? So there's the hurdle of like what are some actual tangible hurdles within the industry? And then there's like mental hurdles, right? And so I'll, I'll talk about uh, one of each, right? And so the tangible hurdle came kind of after I got in the game, right? And so I think a lot of new people that want to get into investing, right? They think, you know, they understand the concepts, right? You got to buy something under market value. You got to add value to it by fixing it up, right? And then you either rent it or you sell it or you wholesale it, whatever your disposition strategy is, right? But nobody thinks like the details of that, right? And so I knew I was like, all I was focused on when I got started was how to find a good deal, where am I gonna find a good deal, how am I buy it, how am I gonna get under contract, right? And so once I did all that and I finally had the deal, then I was like, well, somebody gotta work on this property. Right? <laughs> and like finding contractors and managing contractors is by far the hardest part of this business. Man, oh, man. Corey, where do you think <laughs> Corey, right? So, man, he just, you just, you just sang the song that Jimmy sings every day. Man, <laughs> man. man listen to this till this day, absolutely. Yes, facts, man. And like you just don't know that going in, right? Like on the front side, once you figure out how to get good at finding deals and get, and you figure out your strategy for purchasing your deals, like that just goes on rinse and repeat. Like that is not hard once you get going. But the contractor part, that part stays hard, right? And well, so- yeah, from, And for me, just to give you a little perspective, for me, um, most of the people that told me, they would always complain about tenants. Oh, I got yeah. this tenant that does this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tenants haven't been the hard part for me. It's the contractors. Yes, that is 100% true. And so like, I lost a lot. I got all the same horror stories everybody else does. I lost a lot of money here and there. People started a job, walked off with my money. People didn't do what they're supposed to. Like I've got all the horror stories. And so like learning how to have a process for both like how to find contractors and then learning how to have a process for like how to maintain a good contractor once you find one like that. That was a, that was the biggest challenge for sure. Got you. Got you. Oh, man. So listen. So now, you know, you're currently um, uh, have, you know, the 65 plus doors. You're building your you're building your business in real estate. What made you want to get into the, um, the idea of teaching others to do the same? Man, I, I stumbled into that too. So um, once I got on the Bigger Pockets podcast, and then I got on TV, and uh, I started doing these TikTok and real videos, like my social media took off, and like I just always like helping people. So most people I was asking for help, I was trying to you know talk to them. And when you only got a few thousand followers, 
that's not that many people that's actually reaching out for help. And so I was helping everybody that was reaching out. And then as my following started to grow, like I couldn't spend all my time doing that. So I had to get strategic about who I chose to help because now I need to pay attention and try to only help people who are going to value my time and who are going to take the information I gave them and put it to use or else I just wasted 30, 45 minutes on a phone call with somebody who's not going to do anything with the information. And so kind of the way I would weed out people is I just created like the, the questions I would get in consultations or in, in, in DMs were like, hey, how are you finding all your deals? How are you funding? Like, how are you buying all these deals? So I created just two courses and made a very, very low ticket so that if people had questions about that, I would just say, hey, go check out this course. It's mm -hmm. super cheap. It's super cheap. Just go through the information. If you have questions, then come back to me. I'll talk to you. And so, like, I didn't create the courses to make a bunch of money. I created them to help save me time and help give people more value. Because you can go listen to this course for three hours in detail, or you can listen to me give you an overview of it for 30 minutes, right? Like, the course is better. So yeah. I pointed to the course. And then like, the volume of sales that I was doing, I was like, wait a minute. Like, this, like I can, that's a lot of money. Like, I wasn't planning on that. Yeah. And so, like, that's when I had to realize, like, oh, this is a business too. And I need to treat it as such. And so now I've been like building out different courses and different products. Because um, you quickly learn that, like, people aren't spending money on the information, they're spending money on you because they believe in you and they trust you. And if you don't have products for them to buy at different price points, then they're just going to go somewhere else to get that information. Mm -hmm. And so you're doing yourself a disservice by not having products for your people who want to pay for them at different levels. And you're doing the audience a disservice because if they want to buy from you and you don't have it, then they got to go to the next person. Man, all, all great points. Now, I did see that uh, clip where you were, you know, you, you were called into the new, like you were on TV. Like, how'd that come about? It was Fox, right? Yeah, it was Fox. So I, I thought it all came about kind of crazy. So um, somebody saw my Bigger Pockets interview from Business Insider. Okay. And they wrote an article on me based off that interview. So they never interviewed me. They didn't ask me. Nobody told me. Business Insider just did a whole article on me. I had no clue. Somebody that I worked with was like, sent me an email and they was like, yo, congratulations on your Business Insider article. And I was like, so, what, what article? So you were still working at Walmart at the time? Yeah. I was, like, I was like, what article? They said, on Business Insider, they did a whole article on you. That was dope. And I was like, nobody wrote an article about me. So then they sent me the link. So they sent me a link, and you can see in the link, it's talking about me. I oh, hold on, on. Girl, let's back up real quick. What is yeah. it like seeing an article of you on Business Insider that you have no knowledge of? Like, what, what is that moment when you're like, hold up? Yo, yo it's like, at, at first it's, at, at, well, so at first it's like, what the crap do you, like, I was like, upset right and then they sent me the link and obviously it's a good article so i'm like all right well if they're saying congratulations it must not be bad right so then i start to calm down a little bit and i'm like well maybe the exposure is dope like and so i go click on the link to look at the article you gotta have a subscription to business insider to view the article so i had to pay to join business insider to read the article they wrote about me <laughs> So I, I joined it. I read the article. The article's nice. It's all cool. So I, I scroll down to find the editor. 
And I said, the guy who wrote it. And I was like, hey, I sent him an email on LinkedIn, I think, or a message on LinkedIn. And I was like, hey, I saw you wrote this article about me on Business Insider. You know, what's going on with that? And he was like, oh, man, I loved your interview on Bigger Pockets. It was dope. I just had to write something about you. And I was like, that's cool. Just can you give me a heads up next time? Like, he, was like, yeah, man. he was like, yeah, man, absolutely. And so, like, I was, like, mad and happy at the same time. He was a good <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't just want to be like, cool, thanks for, like, using all my information and not telling me. But, like, it was cool. Right? Yeah. And then, uh, but because he wrote that article, somebody from Fox Business Morning Show, uh, one of their producers, saw it, read it, and he called, he uh, sent me an email on LinkedIn. He was like, hey, I'm a producer for Fox Business. I just read your article in Business Insider. We'd love to have you on the show. And I was like, well, I guess I ain't mad at the people for writing me for right now. <laughs> so that's that's how he that's how they found me. And then uh, they asked me to come on their morning show. And I was like, man, that, sure. So that's I went, dope. went and did a television interview. Yeah, that, that's dope. That shows you we definitely in the information age. How that whole right. thing played out. You didn't even talk to right. nobody. That's crazy. Not, not, nothing. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, cause I've, I've seen them online, I, but you know, when you see it, you don't know all that. I just assume right. that you can talk to them for the interview. Like, yeah. you know, Brandon made it, you know, nah, that's they crazy. Did the whole, they did the whole thing. I had no clue. That's crazy. That's I, had crazy. To, I had to pay for my own article. I had to pay, pay, <laughs> pay to read my own article. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So that's crazy. Of course, I know you got some questions for the good brother, man. Uh, yo, man, like, so, like, because this whole thing has been interesting. Like, you're like, you're like a, the Dos Equis, man. Like, that's the interesting dude in the world, right? <laughs> right? So, I, I need to know, right? So, you, you said you're married, right? So, how did your wife feel about that whole situation? Like, how did she feel about how that went down? Uh, the article or about investing in general? Uh, both. Well, I, I was talking about the article, but since you yeah. wrote that piece, in, let's do both. She, you know, you know, wives get they get uh, you know, they get territorial defensive, right? About about you. So she was like, "No, nah, you need to find out, find out who wrote that. Why didn't Why didn't they tell you, right?" So yeah, I was like, "Well, let's 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 make sure. Like, if it's cool, it could be helpful, right?" And so I was just more concerned with like, let me read the article before I go blow up on somebody. And uh, and, and, you know, she was super protective of always always protective of, of me but it worked out well so she was good with it uh but like my marriage in general from an investment perspective marriage has been a cheat code man like the whole reason i was able to buy that first property like i only had a thousand dollars in my savings account and i i needed twenty thousand dollars to buy the property and so we leveraged my wife's 401k i didn't have one i told you i wasn't smart with my money i wasn't even putting money in a 401k so i had to go to my wife and say Hey, can we borrow money out of our 401k to buy this property? And she didn't even hesitate. She was like, let's do it. We wouldn't be where we were. We wouldn't be where we are now if she didn't just believe and trust me, even when she didn't have a reason to, because I wasn't financially responsible and she still had my back. Wow. Oh, that's gangster. Yo, that's crazy. You know what's crazy about that? Um, Anyone that we've had in our podcast, this is like episode 118 or whatever. That has been something that's Everybody who's married has said marriage is the cheat code. Well, I believe it too. I, it's funny. I said it when I was on um, Hatch's podcast. Yeah, you're so true. But your story, like you have a, you can pinpoint. She literally gave you the money out of her four hundred one k. Actual literal cheat code. Yeah, it yeah. said go to work. Like that's yeah. that's that's a phenomenal story. Um, another thing I was thinking about. When you just said that though. So you were working at Walmart, which is known for like stock options and giving employees great four hundred one k's. You weren't even contributing. I was so dumb. 
I'm gonna tell you a story about that. Know. One of my best friends, who's a millionaire right now, he made his first million working as a manager for Walmart mm-hmm. and off of stock options. Yeah, a million was made up. And you ever sat back and thought about like what you missed out on with options and Walmart? That's what I was about to tell you, man. Like, I try not to think about it too much, but since y'all gonna make me cry on this show, I'm gonna tell y'all about it, right? And so, I I mean, I tell, I tell, I tell everybody everything. Like, I'm not trying to hide nothing, right? So, like, when I got hired, um, when I got hired, they paid me. uh, It was like sixty-three thousand four hundred and twenty-two dollars. Like my set, like I remember the numbers, Mm -hmm. and. It also came with they were going to buy, I think at the time it was every year they would purchase $4,000 worth of Walmart stock in my name. And I, and I and so at the time when I got hired, Walmart stock was at like 38 to $40 a share. Jesus. Jesus. And so like every year they would just automatically buy it for you. And mm-hmm. then you couldn't touch it for three years. Right. And so it just would grow. Cause you weren't allowed to touch the stocks that they buy for three years. And so like they were buying them every year, but you couldn't touch those, that first set of stocks until they were three years old. And, okay. so every, and then, and then every year, once you hit your three year period with those stocks, you're allowed to sell them and cash out or let them stay and grow. And you know, you know, I sold them every year. When I had extra stocks, I, I, I didn't know anything about the stock market. I didn't understand the value of what I had. I had no clue. I what sold every stock. Every stock Walmart bought for me, I sold. Wow. And you know the crazy part? If I, if I still part, have that right now. That's a lesson. I mean, it's a lesson in that because, I, you know, the, one, one of the only jobs I've had as an adult, I, I used to work for J&J, and it was kind of the same thing. And I knew people that like worked in middle management who were millionaires for just for yeah. doing the same thing, just for doing their job and they would get the stock. Um, but now doing this work, I talk to a lot of people who work at big corporations and have opportunities and just don't contribute because they don't know anybody. It's not your fault. You didn't know. But I mean, it's a lesson in that, because now if someone coming after you, you, you can tell them, like, yo, yeah. while you're there, because there's a couple of things in your story. You talked about, like, not just the money part. Right. But what you learn from being within that business. So for anyone out there looking to build a business and you're working in a bigger business. I mean, look at their infrastructure. Look at how they do things. You can right. learn. You can learn while you work. You know what I'm saying? As you build your own thing, um, man, that story is crazy though. Yeah, man. Like I said, he, he Dosecki's man. Like he got all of the, you know, he got all of the like ins and outs, the dope stories. Like, but, yeah. you know that. But but the thing about his story is that it's so genuine and it's so real. Like you, you, you can't, you can't, like you can't make this stuff up. Yeah, like man. if you if you making this stuff up, you crack. First of all, if you do make it up, you ask <laughs> nuts. Yeah, <man. laughs> you shouldn't be making it like because like you all the opportunities that the opportunity cost that like your story is a, a story about opportunity cost, right? right that's and, and so opportunities that you missed and opportunities that you got by doing certain things, right? Mm-hmm. And so that that's the lessons in, in the opportunity cost that your story uh, has is amazing. I yeah. appreciate it, man. Yeah, I've, man yeah. I've learned I've learned a lot. Some the hard way, some the good way, man. But yeah. you know, you're, you're going to help a lot of people because I, I, what I understand just by hearing your story, there's a lot of people that can relate to that. Like a lot of people right. can relate to that. Like you know, working at a corporation, not taking advantage, then then learning, and um, you know, taking advantage of opportunity. You talk about how your wife played a part. You have an amazing story, um. So you got to consistently share it. Let me ask you this question though. Um, a couple questions. 
um, along this journey, what is your favorite book or book that's inspired you? Uh, so I'll give you, uh, uh, so I'm more of a, uh, if you have a couple, that's fine too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a spiritual guy. Right. And like, okay. I'm, a, I'm a feelings guy. Right. Gotcha. So like the how to books are cool, but they're not my favorites. Like I love the books that are like spiritual or, or, or talk about like your purpose. And so I loved, loved, loved the alchemist. The alchemist was by far one of my favorites because okay. it's about like living in your purpose and following your purpose. And mm -hmm. if you're moving in the purpose, and in the vision that God gave you, like the universe will get out of your way. You don't have to worry so much about the how, you just have to worry about doing what you're called to do and the how reveals itself. And I just love that message, man. I think a lot of people can use that encouragement. There's so many times, especially people like us, like we think everything's a scam, right? We, we don't wanna do nothing until somebody tells us exactly how it's supposed to be done. But the how isn't up to us. If God gives you a vision, it's your responsibility to take action on that vision. He'll work out the how, right? We got to mm. stop trying to figure everything out before we get started, because then we'll never get started. And and the best, probably the best how-to book from a real estate investment perspective, or the one that I enjoyed the most when I first got started, was uh, the Millionaire Real Estate Investor. I think it was just a good high-level overview of real estate investment as a whole and how you could get started and like who are the people or the players or the team members you're going to need along the way to help you be successful so i enjoyed that one as well all right got you two 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 classic two classics right there yeah right yeah so let me ask you this question um what's the future for your business what are you looking to do in the future um you know you, you've already you know you have an amazing story you're successful right now um yeah. what is the future yeah uh, so i'm gonna continue to grow my coaching and teaching platform um, once I got started in, in, in real estate investment, like I quickly realized exactly what you mentioned. Like I quickly realized how powerful real estate was. And I felt this like overwhelming obligation to share it with as many people as possible. Um, that's why I started my Instagram. It was just to give information away because I felt like people need to know that this is possible. Like when I started my Instagram, I, I didn't even know that people used Instagram to like make money like that. I was just like, I didn't even know like there was a formula. You give the game away for free to help build your page. Like I didn't do it for any of that. I did it because I was like, yo, people need to know about this. And so I'm just going to start talking about it and giving it away. Um, and so like growing my platform for teaching and coaching so that I can touch more and more people and, and help more and more people along the way uh, is something that I'm working on. And then like from my real estate investment business side, like, I know I'm supposed to have some like sexy answer about like growth and where, I, where I see myself in five years. But the honest answer is I don't have that. Like, I love this so much. I love buying property. I closed on, I'm closing on, when we get off this call, I gotta go close on a duplex. Nice. I, I just love it, man. And so I'm gonna keep growing uh, at whatever pace I feel like is comfortable. And at some point, God will tell me to stop, I'll stop. But until then, I'm just gonna keep buying property. Now I'm gonna look to, I'm going to look to get uh, to be less leveraged at some point. And so at some point, I'll look at how many properties do I need to sell or dispose of to pay off the majority of the, of the ones that I have. Let's say I got 100 doors. If I can sell 30 to 50 of them and pay off the rest, I mean, 50 free and clear will pay me better than 100 leveraged. And then I'm recession proof. So okay. I'll, I'll look at that at some point. But until then, I'm just going to keep going, man. Man. That's that's amazing, man. Corey, you got any uh, more questions for the good brother, man? Nah, my man just he just said it. Like, look, 
I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be free and clear. I'm trying to be recession proof. I'm trying to be the things that, you know, that, 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 that make good investors. Right. Right. Because like you just said, you know, the ROI on that, the ROI is better with 50 doors free and clear than it is with a hundred leverage. So yeah. you already know the numbers. You got half the work now because you got your portfolio now. So. Yep, that's right. And you you started off by telling us it's about the number. It's not personal. It's about the numbers. And and I think that that's a I mean that might be a title, man. That's that's powerful. Because yeah. like, a lot of times, you know, a lot of us when it comes to any sort of investing, we get emotionally involved in it, and not and yeah. a lot of people don't know their numbers. So, um, including me, I've been there. I've, I've you know I've yeah. told myself several times where I I didn't know my numbers. Had a bunch of doors, but I didn't know my numbers. Yeah. Um, you know, so anyway, man, listen, this has been powerful, man. Your, your, your story and your testimonials are amazing, man. Like, and, um, you know, and listen, even the mistakes, even the mistakes are amazing, like, because you learn from them, right? Facts. Absolutely. Yeah. Man. Absolutely. I, I tell people all the time, like, I teach and I coach, right? And yeah, it costs money, right? Um, mostly you're paying for my time, right? But you're also paying for my lessons. And when you when you when you when you understand once you realize that like your education is going to cost you money no matter what route you take, then it makes it easier for you to invest in education that you feel is good education or from people that you trust, because you could go about this on your own. And I did. Right. I absolutely did. Right. Courses weren't as big of a thing when I got started as they are now. Right. And so the access to them was more limited. Right. But if you look at it from the perspective of if you don't buy a course or if you don't learn from somebody else's mistakes, you're going to go out there and make your own. And those mistakes are probably going to cost you some money. Right. And if you're smart, you won't make the same mistake again. And so you paid for your education. Right. Or you can pay on the front side and learn from somebody else and avoid those mistakes. Either way, you're going to pay money. There you go. So you can either control how much money you pay on the front side or it can get out of control on the back end. What's the, what's the saying? It's a saying that says a smart man learns from his mistakes, but a wise man learns from the mistakes of others. Right. 100%. Yeah, man. Oh, listen. So, Henry, just want to say first and foremost, man, thank you, man. We appreciate you sharing your story and your time with our audience. Um, thank you. Oh, and, and continue to do the work you do, man. You're very inspiring. And, and for, those, for those that don't follow him already, make sure you follow his IG page. Like you said, he's always giving the game away for free. A lot of amazing content. I'm going to just follow what he's got going on. And if you see any articles someone wrote about him, send them to him because he, <laughs> <might, laughs> he might not know. He might not know. Hey, nobody talked to him. Nobody ever talked to him. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. 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 But listen, man, we, we, anything you need from us, bro, we're here to support you. We love what you're doing, man. Continue the great work and continue to teach our people, man. It's very important. You're doing important work. Thank you. Thank yeah, you so man. much, y'all. I'm proud of y'all, brothers, man. What y'all do, what you built, how you educate people, man, how you take care of the coach, man. I just... I'm so proud of seeing uh, thank you, man. We, thank you. Thank you we so appreciate much. that. We appreciate that, brother. Thank you so much, man. And listen, for, my, for me and my partner, Corey, man, as we always say, listen, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep. Game elevates. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Check out everything Henry's got going on. We'll put all of his links within the description and in show notes. So please make sure you see you know what he's got going on. Check him out. We'll see you on the next episode. Peace.